Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. on everybody welcome to the latest episode of vlogging the boys first and 10 podcast brought to you by sp nation as always tony catalina and Aiden davis to talk about all things dallas cowboys with a, with a different setup this week with thanksgiving being played on thursday we do not have a live reaction show or a right after the game post game reaction show but we're going to get into some of our initial thoughts some of different things um but before we do that aiden how was your thanksgiving how are you doing Thanksgiving's always immaculate when the Cowboys win. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. My Thanksgiving is 99% predicated on the outcome of the Cowboys game, which is a little sad. But, you know, when you get to enjoy the meal early on in the day, at least early in our household, then watch the Cowboys blow out the commanders. Man, it's it's a great Thanksgiving. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Like the way we did it was I... I play in the game with my friends in the morning. Then we go to my wife's side of the family. We do like appetizers and watch the early game. And I, we get out of there early. We get out of there probably 45 minutes before um, the Cowboys game starts so we can drive in and, you know, kind of get settled in for the game. And then we do like a late dinner, like with ourselves. You know, we have some food after the game. So we don't really have any distractions with the Cowboys games. But um, beyond that, you know, Everyone else has kind of talked about it, you know, after us Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, the the podcast that have dropped, but we won't spend too much time on it, but just give me your initial thoughts on the Cowboys eighth win of the season in impressive fashion. Yeah. I mean, it was, it played out. I don't want to say similar to the Panthers game, but similar in the sense that the game was never in jeopardy, but you felt like the Cowboys were letting them hang around a little bit. Like we got to the fourth quarter and the score is still 20 to 10, if I'm not mistaken. So it was a little bit of the, we know the Cowboys are going to win this game, but why when our defense is playing so dominantly and our offense seems to be humming, why is there such a disconnect in terms of us putting this game away? And then the Cowboys did exactly that in the fourth quarter. Jerron Bland makes history. Dak Prescott continues to enter the MVP conversation and everything looked perfect again. So similar to the Panthers game, I don't know if I'm taking anything away from it. Just the fact that these weird games where the Cowboys put the foot on the neck late is it's not concerning or disconcerting. It's just odd. Yeah, I think I told you last week that I was of the mind that I thought this game was going to be a little bit more of a challenge. I think ultimately I picked them to win 27 to 20. So I had far less, you know, optimism about it than it actually turned out to be. Um, But with that being said, it's just kind of I think it was respect for Washington and some of the grittiness and the toughness that they play with. Um, And maybe, you know. The, the factors into it that we talk about it being Thanksgiving national holiday, you know, people come to play when they play the Cowboys, never mind on, you know, when the world's watching and being like what 43 million something people watching the game. So um, it's crazy. So for me, I, the Cowboys went out and they did what they're supposed to do. Now it starts to get real. 
you got to feel good about the games that we had talked about over the last month where they needed to handle them and they did handle them. And you got all you can do is say, hey, you did exactly what you're supposed to do. You did it in an impressive fashion. Here comes Seattle. Here comes Philadelphia. And this is where it gets real. Yeah, I do have one question for you, because if there was an aspect of the game that was concerning against the commanders, it was that the defense didn't I, you see the final score of 10 points. And yes, the defense played well. As I mentioned, Deron Bland gets that pick six. It looked okay. But at the same time, the commanders were moving the football relatively easily. They just seemed to stall out once they got past midfield or like the, there were turnovers throughout the game. It was also kind of a slower pace of play that limited it to 10 points. Are you cons- are you more concerned about the defense than you were before Thursday's game? Yeah, I would... I- I wouldn't say it did anything different for me because I kind of saw that to be um, what I've expected. Like they, I even tweeted it during the game. I'm like, don't let the two, 10 points fool you. It feels, you know, it feels different, right? Like it feels like this is not yeah. as clean as we're supposed to. And we, and that's kind of, you know, it is what it is. It, it's NFL. They got talent. I have respect for Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. You know, they got a running back, Brian Robinson. Like, they have guys that make plays in Sam Howell's a gunslinger. So, um, yeah, it wasn't perfect. But when you're sitting here, you know, splitting, splitting, you know, hairs over 10 points given up and you win by 35, um, I guess it's, it's, it's fine. You know what I mean? Ultimately, that's how I feel about it. It's fine. Yeah, I'm. I'm in the same boat you are. I just think that throughout this season, we've seen the defense crack at times. Like, obviously, there you can look at like the second half against Philly, the entire 49ers game, moments against the Panthers, um, and then just kind of low key throughout the entire Commanders game, there were cracks. And so you just got to hope that those cracks get uh, shore up before playoff time or this upcoming stretch that you stretch that you just mentioned. Absolutely. So let's turn the page a little bit here. We had talked about the game. I know we had talked about it at nauseum all week with the other shows. So I want to talk about something that just happened. When you're listening to this, it's Monday morning, but we're recording this right after the Eagles overtime win to the Buffalo Bills. And um, I want to talk to you about the implications of that game, right? We had talked about how this is a tough stretch for the Eagles. And I had penciled them in. I thought they were going to lose the Chiefs. And then they would look like multiple times they were going to lose to the Buffalo Bills here. They end up winning both of them to get the 10 and one. Um, just give me your initial thoughts on how the Eagles played and what that means for the Cowboys going forward. Yeah. So let's start with the implications that I think most people listening are interested in. And that's how this impacts the Cowboys. I'm ruling out the Cowboys winning the NFC East. I know it could happen, and I'd love to be proven wrong. But there's two factors that go into it. A being the fact that even right now, even if the Cowboys beat Philadelphia, they're still going to be second place in the division uh, based off tiebreakers. Even if Philly loses to the Niners, the Cowboys beat the Seahawks. They're still going to be second place in the NFC East if the Cowboys were to win at home. So they're already going to be behind. And then the fact that after that Philly game, you have Buffalo, Miami, um, and the Lions, I believe in the Cowboys. I don't really see them winning all three of those games plus Philly. So to me, I'm, I'd am i love to be proven wrong. It can still happen. It's still on the table, but I'm ruling out an NFC East championship here. Yeah, it, it feels like sort of like how I felt last year, and maybe that's more indicative of how good this Eagles team has been over the last two years. You just watch them, you're like, man, they're so beatable, and they, and they've, 
Yeah, there are in the like they just don't do anything like overly impressive, but they always find a way to stay in the game, make a play or two, and come out on top. And that's just who they are at this point. Nobody is is saying that they're like this juggernaut, but they're playing like a team that is the best in football because they just find a way to win. Record tells it what it is. They got a game and a half or two game lead on everybody in the league right now. Um, with that being said, I I, I tweeted it out last week and I'll say it again, like. We got to worry more about what uh we got going on. You know what I mean? Like, don't worry about you know the division or what the Eagles are doing. Just go win games. You know, it it's gonna be a tough stretch. I know people are. Now I'm not saying you. I don't think you're talking like this, but Seattle is like some cakewalk or something. It's not at all gonna be the case. You know what I mean? Seattle's gonna be a tough game. That's a game we could lose. You got to handle business to get that ninth win. Now, um, you're gonna have to take it a game at a time, and ultimately, it may not even. You might end up being a four or five loss team and still being the fifth seed playing against a, a New Orleans Saints team in the playoffs with eight wins or nine wins, you know? So it's, um, I've just resided to the fact that I'm okay with the five seed if it comes down to that. And I just worry about putting good game together, good drives, good plays, get wins and, and figure that out because that's where you can control. So um, the Eagles game, it, I think it kind of, like you said, the last two weeks kind of put in, a, uh, a small nail in the coffin, right? It isn't completely slammed shut, but it feels like the door's closing. They're throwing the dirt on you a little bit. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, I think last year was the perfect comparison to where like, if things go your way, you might be able to like make it like a week 17 or a week 19, like competition. Like, Ooh, what's going to happen? What, what What's going to happen in week 18? Can the Cowboys slide in? Maybe that happens. I'm still not expecting it. So I, this is thinking really far down the road now. Once again, we don't know what's going to happen with the Cowboys. We don't know if they're going to finish with the five seed. They, it's not like they've clinched playoffs yet. There's a lot that can happen between now and the time that playoff comes. But if I'm zooming out and thinking about what I want to happen now, to me, number one priority is the Eagles and the Niners being the two and three seeds in the NFC. Like this, Now that I'm not rooting for the NFC East, that's what I'm rooting for in terms of the playoff picture because I don't want to have to go through Philly and San Francisco, I want them to be two and three. I want them to one of them to beat up on the other one, kick them out of the playoffs. So you only have to go through one, especially knowing that as the five seed, you're likely going to play every single game on the road. Yeah. So I, th- I think I saw I was looking at it earlier today. I believe the 49ers would be the two seed playing against the Seahawks, which is the seven seed right now. And then it'd be the Detroit Lions, the three seed playing who? Vikings I think it's the yeah. Vikings or a six and then it'd be us against the NFC South winner which I'm is okay. currently the Falcons right the Falcons which is crazy it's and that it's almost like history is repeating itself and I, I wonder if that's a, a way for us to like re- resurrect some demons like low-key because if they go out there and handle business against the inferior NFC South team I I know that I don't want to play the 49ers I would I was gonna tweet it out and I said I'll just save it for the podcast but I don't think anybody, despite the record, in my opinion, is more afraid of the Eagles than the 49ers, at least from a Cowboys lens, right? Like you would rather play the Eagles if you had to in the first round and fleshing it out. If you look at the, obviously the 49ers are better than the Seahawks, right? So you feel good that they're going to probably win that matchup, but it's a divisional round match. I mean, it's a divisional matchup in the playoffs. Crazy things can happen. That stuff happens, and then you look at Josh Dobbs and the Vikings. Can they beat Detroit? Detroit's looked beatable at times this year. It's like you know, if they end up being the three seed by default, really, it's going to be they're either going to be two or three by default. They're not going to fall to the fourth, and they're not obviously win the division. Not going to be a wild card team. 
with that being said, could the Vikings knock off if it stays chalk? Could the Vikings knock off Detroit? If they knock off Detroit, then they end up playing, you know, Philly, Philly Probably, and we yeah. end up playing the 49ers. You almost don't even really want that. You want it to go chalk, right? If you if I would rather go see a one seed Eagles team in the divisional round, then I would rather go see a two seed, you know, 49ers team. And then if you you're gonna have to resurrect that demon at some point, I'd rather it be in the NFC championship game personally. Yeah, the the way like I can already guarantee the way that the NFC playoff picture is gonna shake out is there are four dominant teams walking into the playoffs, and nobody is scared about the remaining seven. It's the Cowboys, Lions, Niners, Eagles. After that, nobody's and maybe they sneak out a win. I don't know. Is this far in the future? But nobody's gonna respect those other three teams in terms of um if you, if you have to play them or go even go on the road to play them, I don't, I'm not too concerned with the Falcons, but the, so the point is, is if as the Cowboys being one of those four teams, you want to make sure you avoid the remaining three teams until it's absolutely necessary. You know, likely if you take the five seed in the first round, you're going to avoid one, um one of those teams or all those teams. And then the key is like second, third round, you got to have those teams start beating up on each other. So the Cowboys don't have to do it all. Yeah, and, and one of those things is I, I feel interested about the next few games, not for like seeding purposes, because we're damn near locked in at five. Like yeah. it would take it would take a plummet for you know Seattle or Minnesota to to unseat us at the five seed. And we already talked about the improbable uh, the feat that it would be to take over the Eagles pick, which would, you know, be one, two, or three. So you feel I mean, it's crazy to say we got six games left. And you're like, all right, we're probably probably going to be the five seed here, right? So, but it doesn't diminish how important these games are. If it's not only just for locking seeding up, but you want to go against the Eagles team for a second time and be like, we can beat this team. We want to beat Seattle at home and prove like, okay, like this is a playoff fringe team. We can beat a playoff fringe team. I think they just need the morale. I don't believe in all this, you know, nonsense. Like, oh, they haven't beat a team over 500 and like it really carries weight. But if they just do it one time, I think it can kind of kill the whole narrative. No, I think this upcoming week is huge because listen, the Eagles are great and so are the Niners. Like I I really hate the narrative that oh, the Cowboys haven't beaten a team over 500. Well, we played two teams over 500. We've only had two opportunities and those two teams over 500 are two of the best teams in football. And by the way, we only... we lost to one of those teams by a matter of inches. Like it could have easily flipped the other way. And then that narrative, throw it out the window. Cause then we're one on one against 500 teams. So the Seahawks game is a perfect example of a team that no, they're not in the echelon of the um, Eagles or the Niners. This is a team that you can handle business, prove that you can beat another team, uh, a team over 500 and you can do it handily. That's what the Cowboys have the opportunity to do this week. Will they is a different question. Well, this is, they can they can really solidify or quiet everything in the next two weeks, right? The first against Seattle on Thursday, it's like, oh, can you beat a team with a winning record? Beat the Seattle, that's the check mark. And it's like, yeah, but Seattle, like you said, is not in the same par as the 49ers or the Eagles, and and those are who you're gonna have to beat. So if you go and have a home game against the Eagles and you win the rematch, what else do they got to say? Right? There's really not else anything to say. So even if it doesn't ultimately pan out to be a huge factor as far as the end of season like record goes and seeding like morale may be a really big thing in this right i i think everyone talks like they're confident and everybody in the cowboys feels good about um their ability and who they are as a team but if they go out and show it like i think that's a hugely important thing for them 
Yeah, and and if you, morale is absolutely at play here. Another thing is like me and you have in recent weeks really been backing the Dak Prescott deserves belongs in the MVP conversation. If he wants to be in that conversation, he's going to have to start beating these good teams that are on the schedule, and that starts with the Seahawks. But like I'm talking about, like I think if he wants to be in the conversation, you have to go like four and one over this stretch against teams over 500, which is tough. But like Dak. Now's your time to prove it. You have the opportunity. If you can go like four and one over this stretch and just completely prove people wrong, all the people who say the Cowboys can't beat a team over five, like that is massive for the team's confidence. That is massive for how other people view the Cowboys. And I guarantee you, if the Cowboys can go four and one over this stretch, which is going to be tough to do, Kyle Shanahan, Nick Sirianni are looking at the Cowboys thinking this, no, we're scared of them going into January. Yeah, totally. So let me ask you this question real quick. We'll kind of pivot. Same kind of premise, but I want to kind of change up the framing of it a little bit. Give me, and I'm putting you on the spot here, so if you need a second, you can take it. Give me your NFC playoff power rankings. Like, how would you rank these teams one through four? Because we're not even going to count anybody that's not within the top four here. So, okay. So, yeah, one through four. The I'm going to say number one to me is, and I think, it's kind of a sizable margin is a San Francisco 49ers. I know they had that three game skid. They're back. They're dominant. This looks like the best team in the NFC and NFC. And I'm not sure it's particularly close right now. Number two, I am going to put Philly because they beat the Cowboys. They have the head to head win like Philly. Granted, me and you both agree. They are not what their record suggests. They are way worse than that. They can be beat. And I really hope it happens. The Cowboys were to beat Philly at AT&T, I'd put the Cowboys at two. But since right now, the only head to have I have is the game in Philly. Philly at number two. And I'm putting the Cowboys and then the Lions. I think Lions are good. They are a great story this year. Obviously progressing, looking better under Dan Campbell. I just think they're like a year away from being on that Cowboy Philly San Francisco tier. I totally agree. I mean, one through four, it's exactly the same. I have it. I think we're better than Detroit. I think there's some hype around Detroit because they like the coach and it's a fun story and, you know, hard knock last year and whatever, like, but they're legit, like they're good, but I think the Cowboys are a tick above them. And then there is, like you said, a gap right now. I'd say there's a sizable gap between them and the 49ers. It's hard not to say that. I mean, they've had our number the last three times and it's going to be one of those situations where if we play play them in the playoffs, I'm going to go on a round table. I'm going to give my writer prediction and I'm going to probably pick against the Cowboys because I need to see it before I can believe it. Now, I think the gap between the Cowboys and the Eagles is not as sizable, right? I think nope. that you got to give Eagles Eagles the tip because they always find a way to win and they've beat you last time. And, you know, until you prove otherwise, you're kind of below them in this point in time. And I think that's a fair take if you're being reasonable. But I say that and I ask that simply because what is your, in your opinion, the what is the difference between, they say, a 49ers team and the Cowboys team? Like, what is the what is the Cowboys got to do to close the gap? Like, what do the 49ers do better that the Cowboys just don't do right now? I Easy answer. It's And it's going to be weird because the Niners did have that really ugly three-game skid. It's just consistency. Like, every single week, the at least when the, when the 49ers are outside, let's... For this argument, I'm just going to remove that three-game stretch. I don't know what happened over that three-game stretch. That's not the San Francisco 49ers. If you look at every, every every other game on their schedule, the defense has so many players 
they always show up. That defensive line is always going to be dominant, and that linebacking core can fly anywhere. So the defense always shows up, and then they have so many playmakers on offense, they're never going to fall flat. Even if Brock Purdy's having a bad game, Christian McCaffrey's probably going to go off for like 150 combined air ground yards and two touchdowns. You have Debo to spread it out, Ayuk. It's just there's so many weapons on that team that it makes them so consistent. And I the deck or the Cowboys have played great this year. I just don't think they'll ever be able to get to that level of consistency because like the talent difference is and this is by the way, this is the 49ers against every team in the NFL. That talent difference is just absurd. Nobody has talent like the 49ers have talent. And my thing is too, I think um beyond just like what's the product on the field, I think it's a psyche thing too, because I I'm kind of making up a term on the fly here, but they have confidence that travels. Like to me, it doesn't matter who the 49ers play. They feel like they belong and that they're the better team and they can handle it. And that's probably because like you said, there's a lot of talent there, but I mean, for a long time, I mean, we still, the jury is still kind of out on what Brock Purdy is. Like the numbers are, you know, great. And the kids looks to be the absolute real deal, but would we figure that out in the last like three or four games? You know what I mean? Would we figure that out in the last month or two? Like he was very much of like a flash in the pan early that people weren't like buying into. Now, if he's the real deal, okay, then he changes the complexion. That's how you feel. But is it the scheme? Like Kyle Shanahan, he, you know, he's gotten productive play from Jimmy Garoppolo and he's gotten, and he ends up being nothing. Um, But my thing is when you look at a team like the Eagles and you look at a team in the 49ers, if now we've seen it, I don't think Dak Prescott and any of the Cowboys offenses like or anybody really is like a choker. Like this, that's not like what I believe. I think they get it done in the stats to prove that they win in fourth quarter and overtime situations. But if the Eagles were faced with the first down and goal at the six yard line, is there like any doubt that the Eagles going to finish that off? Like there's no doubt. It, it, it comes down to the details. It comes down to finishing like the Eagles are finishers and the 49ers believe that they are the best team. Every time they step on the field, the Cowboys just need to find a way to get into that 100% consistency. And then you look at this team and it's like, yeah, you're like, you lost to Arizona. That's gross. You know what I mean? Like I know Josh Dobbs has, has been a surprise, but like, ugh. I know, I know teams like mess up sometimes, but like it, 49ers and Eagles, they're going to win way more of those than they lose them. And it just, that's the one thing that you like, you just got to get that out of your system. Yeah, it was because you could say the same about the Philly game where it's like you had two opportunities to win it. Like at some point it has to like take over of, yeah, I'm just going to win this game like ever. And this isn't a Dak criticism because Dak did everything he possibly could to win that game. It's everybody just being like, no, we're the better team. We're going to go out in this fourth quarter and we're going to put them away. And I mean, we'll see it when we see it. But I, I think you're completely right because two weeks now, the Eagles have just said, no, we're the better team. We're going to win it in the fourth quarter. The second Jalen Hurts got the ball in overtime, we I think we probably both felt the same way. Like, oh, this is over. The Bills defense can't has not been able to stop them this half. The Eagles just want it bad. The Eagles, plus a little, with a little help from the refs, just want it more than the uh, Bills. It's weird because... Jalen Hurts, he does make plays, right? And he does a lot of things well, but I'm not going to sit here and even pretend for one second. I'm not going to pander to anybody. I'm not even going to lie. I don't think Jalen Hurts is better than Dak Prescott in like pretty much anything other than running the football. I don't think he's a better passer of the, the football. I don't think he understands cerebrally the game better than Dak Prescott. Like it's, but he finds a way to win, right? And this Eagles team finds a way to win. And, and we talk about, 
it's really funny to look at it when you look at a, a Cowboys hater like scope because you'll look at them and they'll discredit every single Cowboy there is, right? He's no good or he stinks. And then when the Cowboys like underachieve or or they do something good, they're like, well, you got nine all-stars or nine super, you know, nine pro bowlers. And it's just, but like you look at an Eagles roster and they are loaded, right? And they have a GM who's super aggressive and trying to get talent. And then you look at the 49ers and, you know, Christian McCaffrey's a move that changed their whole future. And they got a guy like George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and Trent Williams is probably the best left tackle in football. And and you get in the Cowboys. And this is one of those things where, like, I'm so close to it. I wonder if I'm too close to it because I think the Cowboys have championship talent. But, like, how different is that level, right? Like, how much further down the line are the Cowboys compared to a 49ers or an Eagles team talent-wise? And are they are they not underachieving at all? And are they maxing out? And I guess I'm really just asking these questions out loud because I'm trying to figure it out myself. I will say if I do agree with like, if you're matching up talent across the board, I think like in terms of every position group, the Cowboys are evenly matched with the Niners and the uh, Eagles. I think you can look at any position group um, and they'll be evenly matched. The one position group where I don't think that holds is offensive line. I think the Eagles have the best offensive line in football, and it's not particularly close at all, especially when you like just look at the talent. Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, Jason Kelsey is still playing at a great level. Like they have way more guys than the Cowboys do on the offensive line. And you you can say to a lesser extent, same with the 49ers of like you mentioned Trent Williams. Like they just have dudes on that offensive line. And don't get me wrong, I don't think the Cowboys offensive line is bad. I just think it's like middle of the road, okay. And maybe that's the difference i i don't know yeah it's it's again i'm not these aren't things that i believe i'm more so trying to see a different perspective and these are kind of thoughts in my head it's like if the eagles don't have their best day they still find a way to win their 10 and 1 if the 49ers don't have their best day they still go to an nfc championship game if the cowboys don't have their best day they get they get embarrassed by the arizona cardinals you know what i mean so it's i know the eagles one losses against zach wilson and the jets and i know that the 49ers lost like three games or, you know, had a three tough three game stretch there, but they were banged up. The Cowboys have been relatively healthy and they've handled business, but like, why are we just internal cynics? Is that why we don't just trust to believe that they can get the job done because we haven't seen it yet? Or, or is that even fair to put the past on them? Well, I think the bigger question is like, it seems like you're coming at this from a viewpoint of, I, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but and this I know this isn't what you believe, but it's almost like like a world does exist where the Cowboys beat the Niners and the Eagles in the playoffs this year. And yeah. like, I, I don't think like. I, I don't think we should just throw the Cowboys out as like, no, nah, like they're never going to live up to the talent or mm-hmm. the consistency of the Niners, the Eagles. I think it can. It, it happens when it happens. We haven't seen it yet, but. I, it could easily happen this January, and I could totally see a world where that happens, given how well the Cowboys are playing lately. So, yeah. I mean, we don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe the Cowboys surprise us. Yeah, and that's and that's really what it's about, right? And I think that's what makes the NFL so unique when it comes to the playoffs, because you know Tom Brady talks about the parody or the mediocrity, whatever he called it. Like that brings the drama into it because you could play a game ten times and have ten different outcomes or ten different scenarios that made a ball bounce differently, and. That's the frustrating part because I know you've had this moment like I've had, like 2021 or 2022. You're like, damn, I really thought this was the year. And now we got to restart this all over again and hope that next year 
goes right. And just I don't think people sit back and realize how extremely hard it is to win a Super Bowl, right? Like, and there's 31 failures every year. And 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 the one team that won had extreme talent in a lot of cases, a lot of luck. So um it's fun to have this conversation. I mean, we're rolling in past Thanksgiving into the holiday season here, and and we really got a lot to be excited about. And you just hope the Cowboys can answer the bell with this tough stretch coming up. Yeah, I think that. I mean, we I said it after after the Cowboys lost the playoff game last year. I will say it every year until I'm not podcasting anymore. Most of winning a Super Bowl is just luck. Like you just have to make it to the playoffs, and then it's just kind of lucky from there. Yeah. Like, for example, like. If if we look at some recent teams who have won the Super Bowl, I mean, the Rams in 2022, like Matt, that wasn't the Rams weren't this juggernaut of the NFL in 2022. Mm-hmm. The Patriots, pretty much every year they won it. Like, yeah, they were good, but they like there were teams that it looked like, oh yeah, this is this is going to be the team to beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. The Eagles in 2018 when they won it, nobody expected them to to win the Super Bowl when they came in. The point is that it happens a ton. You just have to make the playoffs and you have to see where it goes from there. So the key is consistently making the playoffs. Mike McCarthy's doing that. And we just have to sit back and say that a great example of luck playing into it. The McCarthy team that won the Super Bowl was not the best team McCarthy's ever coached. It was just at some point he got lucky with Aaron Rodgers and it happened. So, yeah, just we just have to hope that the luck continues. You're 100% right. And I think um, there has been conversations, some people within the network and some people just on the Internet that like, the idea of getting rid of Mike McCarthy if he doesn't, you know, produce this year. But if my man goes 12 and five again for three years in a row, when we get into the playoffs and we get another crack at it, like those Jason Garrett years, I never felt or knew what like back-to-back playoff appearances was like. Now we got some consistency and I know that they're not getting over the hill or if they haven't got over the hump in two years. And if they don't do it again this year, it'll be obviously frustrating, but I'm going to love the fact that we're in an era of Dallas Cowboys football where, like, you know, every year we're going to have a chance. We're putting ourselves in position, like, even as far as the guy, like, um, this is kind of off topic, but bringing in Shaq Leonard, it's been reported that at some point this week he's going to get brought in. I think the team, the guys that make decisions, the Will McClays, the Jerry Jones, understand that, like, this is a window. This is a championship window, and you know, Jason Garrett and him clapping on the sideline and some of the stuff that we had to endure with the eight and eight seasons and consistently failures at the end of the year. It feels really good to sit here and be like, man, Mike McCarthy got us as a legitimate contender every year. Yeah. And another thing you mentioned Shaq Leonard, which mostly may or may not happen. It seems to be growing a little bit of legs now, but you can also like think about what Jerry Jones to his credit did this off season and how it's impacting the team. Now, Stefan Gilmore, Granted, has not been the stalwart of our defense, but I imagine Jordan Lewis is the cornerback too right now, which would be the case if Jerry didn't go out and take a chance on Stephon Gilmore this offseason. Similarly, Brandon Cooks is arguably has been probably the second best, third best player on offense behind CD and Dak Prescott the last few weeks. Like Brandon Cooks is coming along and has been a very valuable weapon. Like I get it. They didn't do a lot at the trade deadline like a lot of people are hoping they would. But don't forget what Jerry Jones has done this offseason and how it's impacting the team right now. I mean, you're on the money with it. It's it's like we had asked them to do the things, some of the things that they're doing, and, and you got to give them praise, right? Like even if they don't get Shaq Leonard, like the fact that they're going to bring him in and this is something they want to do is – 
is highly impressive, right? It, this is the type of stuff we want to be in. This is the world that we're like, how do you go, right? I think there's, there's some delusion uh, when it comes to this fan base in the sense that like we went from a team that like didn't make back-to-back playoffs for like 16 years. And now we're like, oh, like we should go from that to instant Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Instant Super Bowl the next season. It's like, no, like we're finally getting more you know, hits at it. You know what I mean? We're finally getting more bats. Like get in there, get a chance. The dam will break at some point. And, you know, as, as tough as that seems or sounds right now, it's it's you're better off in this scenario than past scenarios we've been in. Yeah, it kind of it kind of goes to the argument of like and you mentioned like people wanting to get rid of McCarthy or get rid of Dak because yeah. like, oh, they can't get to the Super Bowl. What do you mean by that? McCarthy's <laughs> won a Super Bowl. Right. And Dak Prescott. Oh, Dak Prescott can't win a Super Bowl because he hasn't done it yet. Yeah, same with most of the quarterbacks. In the, should the Cowboys just never draft a quarterback? Because, by the way, college players, they've never won a Super Bowl either. <laughs> like, what's it? The only way you can say that is if the cow, like, once the Cowboys win a Super Bowl, those arguments are over. So, like, why, like, it's just such a stupid argument because the only way that you can disprove it is by the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl, which is what they've been very close to doing for like the last three, four years. So, like, it's it's a really weird argument to want to throw people out because they haven't won a Super Bowl when like we'll give them the chance to do it. That's right. how that argument ends. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And so before we wrap it up, I want to get one more segment here. Get your initial thoughts and a score prediction for Thursday against the Seattle Seahawks. I know we're gonna have it covered all week long here on Blogging the Boys, um, but usually, like I said at the top, we're reviewing. We get a chance to preview. So give me your thoughts and give me a score prediction. Yeah, the Seahawks are a team that is we're catching them at the right time. If you're a Cowboys fan, they have not looked impressive lately. Geno Smith has really not looked good. It kind of seems like that magic is fading a little bit. Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker, like the rushing game is nothing we should be too terrified of. And that defense is beatable, um, especially like. Tariq Woolen has like they're bringing him out at times. If you just avoid Devon Witherspoon, that secondary is entirely beatable. So I'm like, this is a game the Cowboys should. It should be a 49ers style. Like if you watch that game on Thanksgiving, the Cowboys should do something similar to what the 49ers did. And that's just, it's not a doubt. The Cowboys just steamroll them. A good team, a good Cowboys team would do that. A bad Cowboys team would play around with their food and potentially let a struggling Seahawks team win. So I this is this is gonna be a good gauge test in terms of playing team above five hundred. What do you do with an inferior above five hundred team? And so I am expecting the Cowboys to look good. I don't expect it to be a complete domination. I'm projecting something in the tune of twenty seven thirteen. I would take that, and you're probably a little bit more optimistic than me, but and not by not by a lot. I, I I hear what you're saying, right? And I think there's going to be a little bit of adjustment period, a little bit of shell shock, because even though they were able to handle the teams that they've played, right, and they've been able to you know win big, there has been some sloppiness, right? There has been some uh, man. I don't like the way Carolina's moving the football. I don't like the way Washington's moving the football. Like so. I think Seattle is a good enough team with a good enough roster to like kind of be like a smack up upside the head for the Cowboys for a minute. We're like, Oh, like we're in a real match here. Like this is a real, this is a real game. And not that I think they're going to lose, 
Um, and I think they'll win the football game. You know, I think I think the score will be closer than the the actual play will end up being. I think they're gonna win twenty four to twenty, but I think it'll be more so with the sense, like you said, it's like twenty four to thirteen, and then the Seattle, you know, tightens it up at the end to make it twenty or whatever. But um, I think what scares me is as good as Ron Bland, as good as Stephon Gilmore is. They got guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett who are, you know, savvy veterans who can do things that can frustrate us. Um, the what's on, like you mentioned with the Cowboys, is that a good thing is Kenneth Walker is a little banked up, Geno Smith's a little banked up. They have some, you know, offensive line isn't all that great. Um, so for that, for that stance, it's beatable. This is a winnable football game, but it's like the first real test they've had in like about a month now, really, since the Eagles game. No, completely agree. I just I'm very interested to see how the defense shows up. And that's going to be the key in this one, because if you look at since the bye week for the Seahawks, which was week five, this is the points they've scored in each of the games. 13, 20, 24, three points, 29 points against the commanders, which we know is not that impressive. 16 points and then 13 points like the defense should be able to eat in this one. They should actually be able yeah. to really limit the Seahawks offense. We just need to see it on the field, because like we both said, the defense has been leaky at times. So yeah. if it's leaky against the Seahawks, we could have a game. For sure. And it's a Thursday, you know, primetime matchup against Seattle at home, which starts to stretch a home games here a little bit. Um, another important kind of flesh and even past that, we won't get ahead of ourselves, but win this game and then you get a little mini buy and get ready for Philadelphia to come in on 10 days rest. Gotta love that. So if the Cowboys can just handle what's on their plate now and handle business this next week against Seattle, um, there should be a lot of opportunity to go ahead and get the ninth and the tenth win here over the next two weeks. So, um, is there anything else you want to add before we get out of here? No, I'm man. Thursday night football is great. Getting yeah. to watch a full slate on Sunday. I'm I can get used to this Thursday night stuff. And we'll get that next Sunday too, which is awesome, right? Yep. You know, Thanksgiving, then this one, and then I believe Eagles is on Sunday night, so you'll get the whole Sunday slate three weeks. So. We get to really enjoy a lot of football here, and hopefully it all uh, culminates with the Dallas Cowboys within, at the end of the day. So from uh, Blogging the Boys from First and Ten Podcast, powered by SB Nation, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis. We'll catch you guys next week, and hopefully uh, we'll be dissecting another Cowboys victory. Peace.